0: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, all engine running. off. We have a lift off. Thirty-two minutes past the hour. Lift off on Apollo Eleven. Tower cleared.
1: Welcome to the Space Three D podcast. Recently, we were honored to speak to Travis Thompson. This is part three and the conclusion of our interview. Travis Thompson was the former Orbital Vehicle Closeout Lead, or OVCC, for the space shuttle at Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Travis and his team assisted astronauts into the launch vehicle and were the last humans to physically be in contact with the crew prior to launch. Travis has plenty of stories to tell, as I hope you've appreciated from the first two installments of this interview. In the conclusion to our interview on this episode, Travis continues to delight us with his shuttle stories, and be sure to listen to his recollection of Ellison on and John Young, along with a few other entertaining anecdotes as well. Please kindly note that we recorded our interview with Travis via phone, so the audio quality is not pristine. However, we have done our best to clean it up, so we appreciate your indulgence while listening. Were you involved in training the new closeout folks that are working with SpaceX?
0: They didn't want any part of it. I did get a lot of phone calls. The guy uh, that designed the slide wire system or built one in the backyard had me check it all out. I get phone calls. They're in a meeting. You know, He goes, how big should our white room door be? I said, well, how big is the biggest payload you're going to take into the crew module? I said, two inches bigger than that. You might want an old guy in the corner going to do that because if you don't study your history, you're bound to repeat it. Right, Right. and most of, I'm convinced, most of the things that we do in space is because something went wrong because we didn't do them at some point the past. There's a lot of that, brother. Yep. Do you nail that? Anytime you do the modification to the ship that requires the flight crew to deal with it on launch, on orbit, and astronaut has to oversee it. So there was this job, it took us three months on second shift. On a got chose to be the astronaut on second shift to oversee it. There was an astronaut on second. We worked twelve twelve. Okay. So we were working and it had something to do with the payload bay and the aft flight deck inside the crew monitor. There was something we wired from there to the left side just behind door 44, somewhere in there. Door 44 is your access from the ground into the payload. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, door 44. I thought everybody knew that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's a it's a reference as far as inches and all that. I don't know exactly. I'd have to have the book in front of me. Been a few years, but so it took us three months to do this job, and he had to oversee every. You know, I put I had to make brackets, do certain things. You know, when an electrical engineer sees a layout of the board and he wants to put his system there he figures out how to do that and then along comes PVD engineer and he sees a blank canvas and he puts his system in then one day they found out that they put the same crap in the same spot and that happened a lot you know <laughs> so we had to do a lot of changing And so at the end of the three months last night on second shift he says hey try to tell second shift the Stop by the KDI, the King's Duck Inn, right off of State Road 3 on South Gate at the Cape. He said, tell everybody stop there and I'll buy a beer tonight. Hmm. I said, yes, sir, I don't think that'll be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only astronaut. And he's riding with me in my truck. I take it, right? So we go to KDI. Now we get there. And I have a beer, I'm watching, you know, I know i got to drive him back, I'm being careful. I'm sipping my beer. I'm watching him, and what I didn't realize is he's mingling, he's the host, and he's just going back and forth from group to the bar, getting two more pictures, and taking them to those people, and going and getting the two pictures, taking to them. He's not drinking. I didn't notice that. So three o'clock rolls around, the bar's closing. He walks away from the bar, he's got a case of Budweiser under his arm. He says, Okay, now I can drink. I'm like, Huh? We walk out to my tailgate, there's 10 or 12 people out there. We open up the 12 pack, leaning, you know, drinking a beer. (laughs) Pretty soon it's just me and him by ourselves. We're sitting there talking about everything. He told me about Growing up about flight school, why he wanted to fly, it's just there is no better feeling than hauling the butt, you know. Just we're, we're talking, I'm getting to know. So it's been quiet. We're well, on State Road 3. Now there's traffic starting. It's getting to be about 0, 0600. And it's getting heavier and heavier. He goes, stop. Ah, who are all those people? Nobody's been out here all night. I said, dude, that's day shift. I don't know where you work. He goes, that's day shift? I said, yeah. And before I could do anything, he walks over to the side of the road, dropped his pants, and started me Everybody. everything. I said, that's <laughs> it. We're done. We're done. That's <laughs> it. I went over and snatched the beer out of his hand and threw him in the my truck. And, uh. Now when you drive up to the guard shack with an astronaut in your truck, you know, that's pretty good, you just show have to boot. So we get to three quarters and I happen I drive around the building, I see this guard, I play softball against it, far part. And I said, Look, we need to go in the back door. <laughs> and uh he got us in, I get I get him to his apartment. I opened that door. I threw him down on the bed. I said, look, do not get up for eight hours. I said, don't even answer that phone. Don't talk to nobody. I said, you stay right here for eight hours. I, said, I locked the door on the way out. And I snuck out the back door. I made it home, luckily.
1: <laughs> you know, you're kind of famous now because you have your suit from the closeouts. It's in the muse- the the Museum now.
0: Yes. These are hazies for sun, air, and space. And my name tag that's on it has fun five different missions. Well, a tradition commander, as he climbed into the ship, he snapped his shirt, name tag, off of uniform and there. it as you go to the ship, while they're on board it. they take pictures of it floating around and the at it and then When they come back, they give you your patches back, and they send you the pictures. You don't get anything from NASA saying this happened. This happened. And I was in Space Cowboys with Tori Spelling. I was his technical advisor. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, I was in the movie. It was a lot of fun. Filmed in the O.N.C., filmed at crew quarters, filmed at the
1: P.A. So, gosh, you're, so you really are famous. You're a Hollywood star and you have a muse- something in the museum.
0: So, yeah, I've got to do a lot of fun stuff like that. Took the Enterprise to the World's Fair in 84. Oh, boy. A couple weeks later to open that for some dignitaries. Get there you know, the dignitaries were. Bob Hope and Brooke (laughs) Shields. Bob Hope got inside the ship, and there you go, turned into an 8-year-old again. Uh, I let him flip switches. I let him do whatever he wanted. We could always, on the runway, we could always tell a Navy Yeah, because they'd stand on their brakes. You could walk up to the tire on the tarmac and there'd be one almost square foot rubber rubbed off of it and all the threads underneath, and you'd go, ah, Navy pilot. (laughs) because you used to land it on aircraft too. I had uh, one Navy commander one time tell me, he said, I got 750 carrier landings, 450 are at night. Which one do you want to hear about? I had one of the hot shots tell me one time. He's, I said, well, what's it really like landing on a carrier? He said, well, think of having the best sex you ever had right in the middle of a train wreck. <laughs> I was <said, "I> <laughs> like, okay, I get it. are okay. oh, cool people. But you know what? I tell everybody from the museum when they're leaving. I said, if you didn't get anything else out of this. Know that they're real people. They could be standing next to you in line at the grocery store and without a blue suit, you wouldn't know. And they're down to earth. They have real lives. They do real things. And they take extraordinary chances for us and for the betterment of mankind. I don't know how to write that any better. That just came out of nowhere.
1: If you had the chance, would you have taken the flight in the shuttle?
0: In a heartbeat. I would have rode in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I would in a heartbeat. And I got to do Zero G, and that was just way cool. And I trusted the vehicle, you know. Yeah. I remember John Young asking one of the guys, he said, You're building it with each one. the guy had to think about it. I was like, I wouldn't have thought it. <laughs> yes, sir. John Young was way cool. I spent 45 minutes in the white room in the VAB. Waiting on an asset quality for a job, and I got to pick his. You know, I said, Damn, that was a hell of a camping trip. You know, he <laughs> to the and told me about driving the rover on it. He said, I said, How pretty. You know, he said that his vocabulary didn't contain the words to describe how beautiful it was. Hmm. I thought that was cool. See, I've been around a lot of them, I was really good friends with. Alan Poindexter, His Alan Poindexter is the reason my uniform is in the Smithsonian. Oh, really? Yeah, I was up there uh, taking Discovery in, I got to walk in with all 200 some astronauts, and we're walking through, and uh, Deck says, hey, Traveller, you got your uniform? I said, yes, sir, it's in the truck. He said, go get it. Well, when an astronaut tells you to do something, yeah. So I went out to my truck, got my uniform, my hat, brought it in, and there's Valerie Neal, the curator, and uh, next to him, and uh, he says, This is Travis Thompson, blah, 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 and now my uniform's on display. Now here's one deal about it. Pambo said, She came and dedicated it, and she said, I'm, this uniform is a one line of space workers. So as long, As my uniform's at the front of that line, I'm very
1: happy. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Space 3D. We've had to slow the cadence of our podcast releases due to competing priorities, but please stay tuned for future interviews. On behalf of my co-hosts, Emily Carney and Tom Hill, this is Eleanor Rangers for Space 3D.